Hey, 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 this is Sarah Longacre, birth doula since 2000, owner of Bluma, and lover of a good cocktail and great conversation. I got two stools, a full bar, and loads of great people lined up to pull back the curtain with real life conversation. So let's dive deep and belly up to the bar. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? Sarah Longacre. Welcome to Belly Up. I am your host today. It's just me solo, because every now and then that's going to happen. It's me solo with um, my cutie Michaela in the other room who makes sure that I behave myself. And a delicious IPA. Hold on, I'm going to take a little sip. Mmm. Okay, we're in for, um, I don't know, I, maybe it's not a treat for you, but here's, here's, <laughs> here's the situation at the moment. It is Wednesday. I'm going to look at the Batmobile phone. It's 6.38. It is Wednesday night, and I am literally looking down at my shirt that says Bluma Doulas. Whew. Why am I wearing my Bluma Doula shirt? This is the only time that I wear my, well, the only time I wear my Bluma Doula, Bluma, see, I can't even talk, shirt is when I'm at a birth. Well, guess what? I got my Lululemon comfy birth pants on and tennis shoes. I literally just left a birth at one of our local hospitals here in the Twin Cities. Um, and I left with a dad, big dad, big tall dad. In scrubs, wrapping his arms around me, me wrapping my arms around him. And when I say like crying, like really crying, not not bawling, but just crying. And here, pic picture this for a moment. Close your eyes. This sweet man is crying and he goes, I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to be a dad. This sweet man was walking back with the nurse that was waiting for him as they were heading into the OR to meet his baby after his wife had been laboring for about a day. But we're going to get there. We're going to get there. But I want to I wanna take you through, because so many people wonder about the life of a doula. So many people wonder about the life as a business owner, as the life of a yoga teacher. And so we're just going to have fun. And we're going to just kind of go through literally my last, I want to say 24 hours, but we got to add on a couple more. As I mentioned, this might be a little bit of a different podcast today. Because we're gonna, we're just gonna do a little day in the life of Sarah, as I got off this birth, and I, whoo, you, oh, you, oh, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I am pissed at birth today. I am not in. I'm, I'm pissed. I'm pissed at birth because the family that I was with, I went to their house two or three months ago, and I walked in and I fell in love with them, and she said. I, I am going to have a cesarean. I am, um, I was born a cesarean. My sister had one. And I was like, no, 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 no. That does not make you a cesarean. Where you're birthing might make a difference. And maybe it won't. I don't know. But I hate when birth fails me. And I hate when I 
oh, I'm angry about it. But I luckily have a really great support team. I have so many best friends and people that will hold me up and help me process. And it's not about me. It's about the mom. But when I'm holding space for them and I question birth, and I question myself as a doula today, so it was hard. So we're going to talk. We're going to go back and we're going to talk about um, that later. But today we're we're going to share just the silly thing of a day in the life of a, a doula. Um, so we're going we're gonna to start with me acknowledging that as a birth doula, as the owner of a yoga studio, as a yoga teacher, and well, I don't, yeah, I got, I got a couple titles. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a mother, and I'm a mother that raises a child 50% of the time. I have the opportunity in my life to work long days on the days I don't have my daughter. So Mondays and Tuesdays, I do not have Meta. And I typically will put in a good 8, 10, 12-hour day with at least one piece of self-care. I am a slut for self-care. If it's not acupuncture, it's lymphatic drainage. If it's not lymphatic drainage, it's a uh, massage. If it's not a massage, it's a facial. If it's not a facial, it's a pedicure. If it's not a pedicure, it's a manicure. I love it. I need to be touched I need to be nurtured, and I like to support local women. That's my kind of excuse for doing it. <laughs> okay, so let's just let's go back. So um, Tuesday morning, I woke up at six thirty. I met my dear friend Stacy, and we went for a walk because I have not seen friends a lot lately, and I was needing a good catch up. So I went over to her house. She lives right by where George Floyd's life was taken by a very disgusting person. Uh, we walked around that neighborhood. Um, we got caught up. I was in the car at 7.45, went to Bluma to teach yoga at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock, I taught prenatal yoga. And I thought it was a pretty good class. I had fun. I needed it. Uh, it was Zoom. It was not in person because COVID has changed that for better or for worse. Um, sometimes better. And then I sat in the Bluma lobby. I didn't sit. I worked really hard with my marketing manager. We checked in classes that came in. I worked on some projects. I taught another class at 11, 11 to 12. At 12.15, I went and met my doula partner, another Sarah. You'll meet her sometime. And at 12.15, she and I worked. Well, wait, first I had to stop at home because I had to get some lunch because eating is a priority. It's not going to seem like it <laughs> when I tell you the story of the last day. Um, I stopped at home. I got a salad that was left over from the doula picnic we had the night before. Somebody brought it. They left it. And I took it home and ate it. That's kind of how I eat. I either order food or I have something left over because I'm not a big cook. Um, I love to cook. I just don't. It's not a. It's not something I do in this life right now. Um, I took that big ass salad and went to the local coffee shop where I met Sarah. And we worked on a new program called Calendy. We're trying really hard as doulas, the seven of us at Bluma to get really, really um, clear about systems in place. Now, this is challenging because as a yoga studio owner and as a birth doula, you want to be like, oh, go with the flow. It's all good. Om Shanti, Om Shanti. Well, Om Shanti, Om Shanti, doula bliss falls apart when you don't fucking have some systems in place, people. Takes me back. 14 years ago, I opened a yoga studio where we focus only on prenatal yoga, childbirth education, postnatal yoga, moms and babies, and a couple of years after, someone said to me, Bloom is getting so corporate. Well, you know what? You try running a yoga studio that 
literally hires 20, 30, 40 people and you have hundreds of people in your door every month, you have to have systems in place. You know, Montessori does a great job of talking about this. Montessori schools, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, they're so laid back and there's no structure. Actually, actually, here's the deal. Think of a river. Think of a stream. Think of a flow. The reason it flows and it has a current and can be so flexible and resilient is because it has barriers and systems. It has boundaries. Not that I have any, but we're working on it. It has boundaries and you can flow. So Bluma, in the last 14 years, is working really, really, really hard to have systems in place. Amen for my operational director. She would have a million more. So where is that balance? Where is that balance of a doula, of an entrepreneur, of someone who wants to be connected to Mother Earth and go with the flow and feel the energy? And also, we need systems. So I met Sarah to create more systems. And yet, I don't want a client to go, I'm not going to go with Blue Medulas. They're so corporate, or this doesn't feel like there's a special touch. And so I get worried. I typically write them back um, the first time, so they get that special touch. But then they're going to, yeah, we're working on the system. So there we go. Okay, so that's a 1215. Uh, 1-1-130, my operational director came to the same coffee shop where we met a realtor. I only have one month left on my uh, space in Minneapolis, and we're deciding, should I stay or should I go? And so we're trying really hard. Do we go to a new place and pour a bunch of money in that? No, because the landlord, we want to pay for it, blah, blah, blah. So we met there, had that meeting. Then came self-care. Three... 20, I showed up at my acupuncture. I said to Noah, knock me the fuck out. Like, knock me out hard. Put needles wherever you can that puts me into a coma. And he did. He put me into a coma. I woke up at least two or three times like this. <coughs> I snore. I'm a really big snorer. Uh, I have a CPAP machine. Her name is Patty. I'll tell you some snoring stories later. My good friend Nan, she ended up sleeping in the shower at 36 weeks pregnant in New York City because we were sharing a room and I was snoring so loud. Poor girl. So I'm a snorer. So I woke myself up from acupuncture <coughs> snoring. It was fine. No big deal. Okay. I leave acupuncture at 4.25 because I had to be somewhere in nine minutes. And I have this thing. I'm always on time, but on time to me is at least four minutes late. But I call that on time because I'm not like 10 minutes late. That's like late, four minutes. So I went to a client's house. I had a prenatal. I had two prenatals last night. So my prenatals with my clients usually take place around 34 weeks. We do two. We do one at 34 weeks and we do one at 36 or 37 weeks, somewhere in there. So I drive just a quick nine minutes, got to their house at maybe 442, maybe 445, if I'm honest with you all. I walk into this sweet couple's house, and this is part of you guys. This is <laughs> one of the best reasons you get to be a doula is because you get this intimacy. You go into a couple's house and you see the way all these couples live. And last night, I had two prenatals, one at 4:30 and one at 6, and they could not have been any different. Any different. And I could not have loved them so much just the same, but like literally night and day. So I'll give you a little uh, insight. So I go into their house. They have a dog that is fluffy and big and adorable. And I don't like dogs. I don't do animals. But I liked this dog a little bit. 
Um, but they had to have, a, they had to have he or she on a leash. Very, very fluffy with lots of fur all over the house. It was a dark house. It was an older house. Um, sweetest couple. Like, really, they had a piano. This mom, oh, my gosh. I, her energy is is divine, is divine. And this sweet little papa, the way that they spoke to each other. We talk at my 34-week um, meetings of uh, our time together about birth, of course. But mostly, I want to talk about what is it like to going to be parents? What is it like to know that your life's about to change? You know, these are most of them are first-time families. And this dad, I said, can we start thinking about getting juicy and go on dates? He's just looking at her. He's like, honey, I really, th- we got to go out. I'm going to stop working so much. I really want to make you a priority. I was dying inside. They could not have been sweeter. So, but, you know, it's like this good big leather couch. It's really dark. You know, they had a lot of their windows closed and they gave me lemonade and that was so sweet and it felt really good. And I was curled up on the couch and I gave them a ton of homework. We drew pictures of uteruses and optimal fetal positioning and things that they could do. And it felt really good. Well, they had to scurry off because they had their birth class last night and I had to go to my six o'clock second prenatal. So, mm. Oh my gosh, that's such good IPA. Thank you. I drive across town. It's 25 minutes to get to the next one. I have no problem driving. I love it. I get to just do all my things. Um, I get to the next house. This couple is in their 40s. They have the most modern, white, clean, like, Literally picture the amazing West Elm on crack. CB2, gorgeous. Like, I I literally, I was kind of speechless. And they, hi, come in. And they had a dog, too. Real cute. They gave me a tour. I got there at 6. I think I was on time. Yeah, I think I was on time. I got there at 6, and they poured me a glass of white wine. And then a water. And I think I knew it, but I didn't really know it. They literally had prepared a whole meal. I sat in what looked like a California movie star's home with these kick-ass entrepreneurs. We had beets and, you know, one of those salads. It's like roasted beets chilled with um, grapefruit and fresh basil and the cheese and then another bottle of wine and we talked about them and we talked about living in Spain and we laughed and we talked about entrepreneurs we talked about breath work they are very mindful beautiful people and we went deep we talked about love and relationships and then at some point we had to talk about birth right okay after that salad risotto uh, we did that. We kept talking. Oh, don't worry. There was dessert. Not only was it vanilla, it had the olive oil on top with the salt, with another glass of wine, with talking about birth. And we talked about the similarity of meditation, of breath work, of yoga, of stepping onto your mat and having to completely let go. We talked about the parallels to birth. She is very yearning, mindful. What, what am I trying to say? Um, 
she's doing her work. She's doing her work. That's it. She's doing her work. She has a phenomenal group of midwives. She had way too many books. We pulled them all out. We laughed our asses off. We made fun of all the books. And um, she's she's she wants to have a natural birth. And hell yeah. Can she do it? Absolutely. Is it going to be hard? Yeah. A 40-year-old cervix is not a 25-year-old cervix. It takes a little bit longer to open, if you know what I mean. So we talked about it. We talked about staying home. We talked about what is it going to be like, this man. Like, and they're one of those couples they like really love each other. Like, I, I don't really think that those exist, but they like touch each other and they look in each other's eyes and they're kind and they're polite and they were not putting on an act. They were really good shit. So anyway, I finally was like, you guys, it's nine o'clock. Gotta go. We gave hugs. I finished my wine. I went home. My boyfriend was at the bar. He's like, hey, come down and meet me. I'm like, no, I got to go home. So I went home, dove into emails, um, dove into texts, got a ton of stuff done until about 10. He and I had a big talk. It was really good. Finally fell asleep at 1030. All right. So then here's today. Wake up at 630. Hadn't talked to my other good friend forever, Cassie. She just is... Yeah, I just miss her. So we talked for at least 45 minutes. 7.15, you guys, I'm supposed to be at a prenatal appointment with a client. It's awesome. This other client at 7.30. I don't even, I get on the toilet. I'm a big, I love going poop. It's my favorite thing every morning. I have a ritual. And I. everybody knows it. Sarah takes forever. Oh my gosh, Meta is so cute. She goes, goes, mom, when are we leaving? I'm like, I still have to go to the bathroom and brush my teeth. She's like, oh good, so I have a while. <laughs> I like my time on the potty. My ex-husband, oh, my husband, you guys, he used to say over and over, you're just doing it to be on social media. No, I'm not. It's because I like my time on the potty. So anyway, I get on the potty, 7.15. I get in the shower at 7.22, take five minutes to shower, pack my bag because today I knew I, oh, shoot, I forgot to tell you. I had a client that was induced, the one that, you know, I, I just left at the hospital. She was being induced last night. So I was on the phone with her at 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. At 4.30, they texted me, and they said they got an epidural, and they didn't want me to come. They were sleeping. Everything was fine. She was two centimeters. I was like, great, okay. So I had to pack my day for two meetings. I had to teach pre- I had to teach yoga at 11. Then I knew I was going to go to birth, and then I was hoping to come to do a podcast. So that, that, that was like, okay, I got to pack. I got to think about all this stuff. So I packed a birth outfit, doula bag, teaching yoga clothes, and I had a dress on. And so ran out the door, at, got to the other couple's house at, yes, it wasn't 7.35. I told her, I'll be there at 7.35 on the dot. Well, it was 7.42 because I had to FaceTime Meta real quick because I have to say good morning to her and I love her. I go into their house. Holy macaroni. This couple, 26 years old, so awesome. Oh, I wanted to talk to them forever about life and birth and their hopes and their expectations. And she is going with a very conservative group at a very, not very conservative hospital. It's conservative. And and she, we talked a ton, a ton about what she's looking for in birth. We went over, you know, what are you scared of? What are you excited about? She's like, I can't wait to see what it's like. I was like, tell me more. She's like, I want to feel it. I want to be in it. I want to do it. And she said, but if it gets too hard, I'm going to get an epidural. And I said, tell me more. She's like, well, if it gets too hard, I'm going to get an epidural. And I leaned forward. 
What do you think I said to her? I said, so you're going to get an epidural. She's like, why? I said, because it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. It doesn't, I mean, I'm not saying that it's like bad hard. I mean, we climb mountains, it's hard. We, we go to law school, that's hard. We have a marriage, that's hard. Hard things usually make you better people. So when we talk about being hard work for birth, people are like, oh, why wouldn't you just get an epidural? You can, absolutely do it. Man, they're awesome. This mom today, ah, oh, she had the best epidural. And if you were going to say to me, I'd like to try not to have an epidural. I really don't, unless I get tired. I had a mom say that to me a couple weeks ago. I decided in my birth plan, I really don't want an epidural. I'm going to do everything to avoid it unless I get tired. You have a very small hole. And there is a human being. The small hole will open beautifully, beautifully to 10 centimeters. And a child will come out. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Sarah, don't talk like that about birth. It's not that hard. If you do hypnobirthing, yes, I get it. Hypnobirthing's great. Some people, I loved giving birth. I, don't, I didn't even think it was that hard, to be honest with you. And then everyone reminds me, really? Yeah, it was. But it's a different hard. It's a different hard. And we can we'll get into this, obviously. But I truly, 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 I want to prepare people and families that are birthing to know the highs and lows that you can do hard things, Glennon Doyle. You can do hard things. We can do hard things. And if a birth was supposed to be easy, it would be easy. It's not a McDonald's drive through Adoption is hard. IVF is hard. Some people getting pregnant may be sometimes too easy. <laughs> it's supposed to be hard work. Guess what? It's supposed to be hard work because raising little humans is hard work. And this is a doorway into it. So as I'm sitting with this couple, she's like, oh, wow, I hadn't thought about that. And I was like, so it's okay. Let's just, let's know that an epidural is probably part of your plan. Now, is this mom going to prove me wrong? She might. Absolutely. That is another reason I love birth, besides the drama and besides all the other delicious things like seeing a parents meet a child for the first time. One reason I love birth is because my divine spirit, let's call her God, she comes down and she takes her sweet little hand and she slaps me across the face and she's like, Sarah Longacre, humble your ass. You think this is going to happen, and it's not. So this mom, who I might think, yeah, she's going to have a long birth. She's going to get an epidural. You know what? She might not. And like every single birth I go to, I learn something new. I learn something new. I'm trying to think of what I learned today at the birth. I learned that there was a really hot anesthesiologist. He was from London. He was this gorgeous black man. And he comes in, and usually anesthesiologists look at doulas and they roll their eyes. And he's like, oh, I love doulas. Wait, wait, that's, that wasn't a British accent. Oh, I love your doula. I love doulas. Oh, you're so great. And on his wrist, he had like a chakra bracelet. And he was just so cool. He's like, oh, you're great. Oh, I'm so glad. You're going to come back to the OR with us, aren't you? I said, oh, I wish. I can't because this is this one hospital in the whole Twin Cities that doesn't let a doula come back. What are you talking about? We have to have you back there. This mom needs you. I was like, yep, no, that's policy. Any rate. So I guess I didn't learn. I mean, I'm sure I learned something. I'll get there later tonight. 
but I, I did see a really beautiful anesthesiologist. Okay, where was I? So um, I had a great prenatal at this house, sweet little cottage house. So picture this, rainy, rainy, thunderstormy morning. We had coffee and water and it was so great. So, and I always have to, I have to have my phone on me and I have to have my phone close to me because this client who's at giving birth, right, is six centimeters. And I'm like, I'll come anytime, I'll come anytime. Like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Well, I get in the car after leaving these guys. So 7.30 to 8.30. I mean, it was a little longer than that. Yeah, no, no, it was. So I had to drive 25 minutes to get to my next prenatal meeting. That was at 9 o'clock in a suburb 25 minutes away. So while I'm driving there, I'm like, shit, I got to get a sub for my 11 o'clock yoga class. Well, as the operational director and other people at Bluma say, Sarah, why didn't you get a sub yesterday? Well, Because you don't know with birth. It's one of the hardest things that I have to do. I have to balance when to get a sub and when not to. It's so hard. So I literally am texting. Don't worry. I'm using voice memo as I'm going out there. Text Angela. Text Leslie. Hey, any chance you can sub my 11 o'clock? I have to go to a birth. Hey, any chance I call people? Please. Nope. Can't, can't, can't. So I'm kind of stressing out about that because I'm like, shoot, she's six centimeters. I bet she's going to want me maybe before noon. So I drive out. I'm driving out to the suburb. And I, I love this, this mom. She was in one of my groups. And she comes to yoga a lot at Bluma. And she's hip. Like, she's like pink hair and funky. And oh, she was awesome. And I said, she's birthing at um, a birth center in the Twin Cities. And I was like, I got to ask you, what are you doing out in that suburb? She's like, I know, right? She said, I love Minneapolis so much. I'd love to live there. And I said, well, tell me more. And she said, my husband, and I have to apologize because I don't really know the proper way. I think I know. Her husband is a Sioux, so a Native American Sioux. And um, he, that's the land. And, and that's where his family lives. And, you know, we, we luckily, one thing maybe the government did right is that we have the land. And I went out to their house and I pulled up. And I walked to the door and I, I thought I was in Las Vegas. It was like this big, <laughs> huge, Greek, gorgeous, Spain-inspired house. You guys, you literally walk in and above you in the ceiling, it's, 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 it's the sky. It's white and blue and there's fluffy clouds and then they have vines painted down. And I said, you guys, look at this house. Tell me about it. He built it 10 years ago. Well, he had someone built it. He picked everything out. And she she just moved in five years ago. So it didn't, it wasn't like a female touch. He's got this great style. There were rooms and rooms and sinks and rooms and a bar and two big dining areas. And I just saw the first floor. It was awesome. There was a cat. I called her Drama. I can't remember his real name. Two dogs. Uh, four goldfish, a turtle, and we sat at this table. And I'm like, you guys, tell me your story. They met in seventh grade. Um, you know, his family lives down the street. She is Latino. And so we talked all about the rebozo. And I loved how she said it. She's like, the rebozo, the rebozo. Oh, shoot, she said it so beautifully. Her her grandmother is from where the rebozo started in, in Mexico. It's It was so awesome. We talked and talked and talked. And of course, now I'm freaking out because I don't have a sub for my class. It's 945. I have a client who's like, yeah, I don't know, maybe come in like an hour or two. So I'm trying to be present. I'm taking notes. Anyway, that's my, that's my life. Like that is a little picture of my life, but it's great. And I, and I know how to do it. I left there, big hugs, big goodbyes. I get in the car, 
I'm thrilled. So here's what happens. Like, this is the life of a doula. You have no idea when anything is going to happen, when you're going to be called to a birth, how long you're going to be there. You have no clue. You have to completely surrender, just like giving birth and just like yoga and just like life and parenting and being an entrepreneur. You have to, oh, and having sex. You have to surrender and going poop. Um, you have to surrender. It is, you don't know when they're going to be called. And I'm, I'm touching base with them. So I called him and I said, hey, he said, hey, she's about sick. She's sleeping really well. No need to come now. I said, you just let me know. I happened to get a text from my sister. She said, mom and I are at this great nail place. You should check it out sometime. So, okay, here I am. I'm 20 minutes from the hospital, but I decide, well, why don't I run to this nail place? I walk in, my mom, you know, my sweet mom, Cheryl, Alzheimer's, and my sister there. I'm, oh, my God, Sarah, how did you know we were here? And this is so great, and you're here. And it was so sweet. We said a quick hello, and then boom, chakalaka, self-care, check, check, got my nails done. Gel nails, they're real, real, they did such a good job. And they also give you a massage. And I was like, oh, this feels so good. So while I'm there... I got a text from the dad. Hey, she's seven centimeters. Um, Nurse says you should probably head over soon. I said, great. Why don't I pick up some food for you? P.S. I've had two cups of coffee and nothing to eat. Nothing. I was really hungry. So I stopped at Caribou. I got two breakfast sandwiches, cup of coffee for him. God, did I bring it to him? Yeah, I did. Um, And uh, I don't know, some of those cheesy, like they had an ad. And I was like, oh, that looks good. Sparkling lemonade tea. It was awful. Oh, it was awful. While I'm at Caribou, I take my cute summer dress off in the bathroom. I put on my doula clothes and go get the stuff. And I head to a birth. Now, while I'm heading to the birth, it's about 1145. And I realize, holy shit, I've got a really big meeting at 1230 with one of the big hospitals here. We have a program going with them, so I better call. I got to cancel that. And then while I'm going there, I have to make like four other phone calls because of canceling other things that were going on and, and whatnot. I get to the hospital. I go upstairs, and we had a great few hours together. This mom I love. This dad I love. I walk in the room. The mom is sleeping. She hadn't been checked in a little bit. I think she was yeah, she I probably hadn't been checked since she was seven centimeters. So I walk in real quietly and I said, hi. And he goes, I'm so glad you're here. And I said, here's your lunch. Go outside. Don't come back for at least 20 or 30 minutes. Take a deep breath. You've been here since last night. They got induced. Why did they get induced, you asked? Uh, low amniotic fluid. It was a three. But she had been contracting and she lost her mucus plug. So you know, she had good, she had, it was in her favor. It was in her favor. So uh, dad leaves and the mom about a half an hour later rolls over and she goes, you're here. And I came over. Oh, I love this mama. I rubbed her head and we talked and she fell asleep again. We're going to fast forward. She was complete a couple hours later. Uh, If you're not aware of what complete is, she had no cervix left and it was time to push. However, There's a thing called laboring down. When you have an epidural, it is um, very, very common. I think it should be done probably more than we do it. Is that even though you're complete, even though your cervix is open, we let the baby descend. We want the birthing person to feel as if there is a pressure in their anus. We want them to feel like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm pooping. I'm pooping right now. I'm going to poop. You want them to feel that pressure. God, is the theme today poop? I kind of think so. 
Um, how was your poop today? So um, she wants to feel that pressure. Well, she doesn't feel it yet. So we say, let's check back in an hour. So the dad and I talk. I'm rubbing her back. I'm doing my magic witch work on her. The nurse was lovely. It was it was nice working with her. Um, I take a couple potty breaks, FaceTime my daughter. And we come back, and it's time to push, or let's try it. We push for two hours and 15 minutes. We pushed on our side. We pushed on all fours. We pushed on her back. And she wanted to push the epidural to make it so that she couldn't feel as much. And I was like, babe, you got to feel it. It, you, You want to know where to push. It is important to feel it. Well, the doctor came. This is this is where I'm going to be totally honest with you. Like this is where this podcast is going to uh, this is where it's going to be hard for me. Mm. I I'm just going to say it now. Birth was hard today for me. I love it. I believe in it. And the in 2020 and 2021, the number of inductions that we've had, the number of inductions that lead to epidurals, um, and I, 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 I truly think it's COVID. It's a huge, huge piece of it. Um, but it was hard. It was hard when I came in and I said to the nurse, tell me about the doctor that's on today and how long will she let us push? She said, oh, she'll let you push four or five hours. And she only let us push, we, sorry, I know the mom was pushing, but I consider us a team. She pushed for two hours and 10 minutes, and the the OB came in. Her energy was not, I don't think she was a fan of doulas, but that's fine. I was a fan of hers. She checked her. She had her push three times, and um, she said, your baby's not coming down. We're going to go have a C-section. Uh look at your husband. Your husband has a big head and big shoulders. Yes, this is true. C-section should be 8 to 10% of the world. Okay, so ACOG, ACOG, World Health Organization. ACOG says the C-section rate for the entire world should be 8 to 10%. We know this. This is important. And we're at hospitals here in the Twin Cities and in Brazil and around the world that are 30 to 40 percent. Um, I also know a lot of dads with big heads and big shoulders and babies come out. So this is where this podcast is really tough for me because I go in this line of like, I believe in births. I believe in OBs. I believe in C-sections. And I also believe in patience and time and and, and lowering lowering the induction rate. So here we are. 30-some hours later, um, a little bit of a, a in the life of, of a doula, going into people's homes, holding space, and hands down, feeling gratitude. Gratitude that I get to do this work. Gratitude that I get to step into people's homes. Gratitude that we get to birth our babies um, with love and support. And now... to wrap up the last Tuesday and Wednesday on this Wednesday night um, I'm going to leave this beautiful place where I record my podcast and I'm heading over to my husband's house where my daughter is and guess what's on tonight it is the opening of the fish summer tour 
Fish as in P-H. Fish, like my favorite band in the whole freaking world. They're opening tonight. Um, my husband and I, we're, we're, we like fish. He likes them way more than I do. He's like, what are they going to open with? I'm like, I don't know. So I'm going to head over there. I'm going to pick up some tacos. Meta and I are going to snuggle. And then we're all going to dance to fish. Um, and that's like the best way to end a really hardworking last 30-some hours. I'm going to dance my ass off and celebrate and be grateful. So on that note, as I love to end this time together, however you're going to belly up to the bar, take a moment and feel your breath and sigh it out. (sighs) Each of us were born and somehow we came out. And if you had a belly birth, yes. If you had a vaginal birth, yes. You are needed and wanted. And I look forward to chatting more about all of those topics and hearing from you. Have an awesome, awesome rest of your day wherever you are in this crazy, messy, it's a messy world. It's a messy birth. And you rock. I love you guys. Belly up wherever you can and breathe in gratitude today for all that we have and all that we are. Love you, love you. Till next time. Mwah. Hey, 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 this is Meta. Belly up with my mom, Sarah Longacre. And please subscribe, like, and share some belly up love. Belly Up is a Bluma production. It's produced by the one and only Michaela Finnegan at Minnehaha Recording Company. Hi, this is Mary from Bluma. Thank you so much for being part of the Bluma community. We're so happy you're here. We love hearing from our families, and as a small business, one of the most powerful things you can do is share your stories with us. I love when you take us on Instagram, leave a Google review, or email me your birth story or photos from class. This is a great way that we can share the Bluma love and reach new folks who could use a little Bluma in their lives. Find us at Bluma.com.